0: Hey, my name is Dr. TK, and on this podcast show, we will uncover abundant tools to help you become the CEO of your business and your life. I am a mom and wife who merged my knowledge as a clinical psychologist and professor for over 20 years into building a multi six-figure mental health business and seven-figure digital product business, serving others and doing what I love. Now, I believe that you can make a wildly abundant living unapologetically while also dreaming big, enjoying life, and making a huge impact in your community. This is the Therapist Deserve Abundance Podcast. Hey, great day and welcome back to the Therapists Deserve Abundance Podcast. This is your host, Dr. TK. So just some brief announcements before we get into today's podcast episode. Um, it is at the end of February. We are in a leap year in 2024 and um, we are officially in our uh marathon moving into our March Madness sprint mode for spring of 2024. And we are hosting our last spring abundant private practice boot camp. And so if you have not had the opportunity to register, and also if you are interested in learning more about our Dope Therapist Academy manifest a profitable private practice program, you definitely want to participate in this boot camp. We did up um provide access to our online Telegram group as part of prepping for the bootcamp and creating a a community with high engagement and discussion questions twice a week where individuals can ask questions, which actually prompted this podcast episode. So if you want to partake in our Telegram community, also the three-day live workshop that will not this time be broadcasted publicly on YouTube. You do have to be on our list to get access to it. And the replays will be available so that you can watch them within like a two week period. And then if you see fit, of course you can learn about our academy program and go ahead and enroll for the spring semester. Then you definitely want to participate in this bootcamp coming up. So to do that, head down to drtk.com forward slash links in the show notes um, and registration for the bootcamp Will end on March 17th. The boot camp will start on March 18th on Monday and it will go for three live days. But then what tends to happen is we get questions and then we go live on the day after the live session and we also engage in the Telegram community so that we can answer any questions that people may have. Okay. So, what prompted today's podcast episode? We have questions that come through in the community on Telegram for the bootcamp. And um, from time to time, I choose to just do a podcast episode on it. So also I can give some context and go a little bit deeper versus trying to send over a voice note. And honestly, I feel like, you know, when they ask questions, the general public of mental health providers who listen to our podcast can also benefit from these questions because it aligns with what we already talk about on the podcast. So today we're going to talk about three things to consider before you exit out of someone else's private practice. Let's just say if you're an intern, you worked on your hours, you got licensed, okay, you want to branch off. Maybe you work in someone else's group practice, whether you're pre-licensed or licensed season and you want to branch off. I'm going to highlight three things that ideally you want to consider to slow down your pace, make sure you can go and find out this information and make sure that you get these things in order, similar to leaving a job, because this is technically your job, right? Whether you're a contractor or an employee, before you just skedaddle on out there and like open up your own business. Okay. So the first category is you want to review your onboarding paperwork. So this is a two-parter. Within your onboarding paperwork, you want to find out the following. Is there a non-compete clause? The way a non-compete clause is, and people can make up their own any way they would like, but a non-compete clause may say something like, let's just say you're in a physical office. You cannot have a private practice within a 10-mile radius of this office. Well, you signed it, even if you don't remember. So you should not go and open up a private practice within 10 miles physically. They may have a non-compete clause about other details. They can you know, include a lot of other things. And so that's something that you want to go check out. And I'm not saying go to the head CEO because you don't even know when you're leaving or if you're leaving. So you don't wanna give them a whiff that you're thinking about leaving because that may position you in a particular situation in which it may bring up conversations that you're not ready to have questions you're not ready to answer, and people may change in their mood. So the second thing under onboarding paperwork that you want to consider is within your paperwork, is there any caseload stipulations about what happens to those clients when you leave, okay? So let me give you some context around this. I had a group practice for four and a half years. I had interviewed with other group practices and I chose not to move forward. I actually just wanted to see what it was like to work in other uh, areas in Los Angeles County with other Um, types of clients but honestly after I went on a few of the group interviews and some of them were really good I received an invitation to join the group practice I realized that I can take the same effort that I'm doing to interview for other people's practice and I can just take my time understand and learn marketing understand and learn systems keep in mind though my journey was a lot longer because there was no therapist business coaches that were available that focused on mental health business at that time this was almost at this it was actually 10 years ago at this point. So. What I did is I chose to just pay attention to when I was talking to other group practice owners, what things that they have in place. And initially from a employee standpoint, it was like, well, why would you not let me take my clients with me? You know, I built their relationship with them. But to me, that's coming from a very selfish place because they're not your clients. Because what we're going to get into in a moment is, did you market to get those clients? Did you process all the paperwork? To get those clients or did you just do things to maintain those clients in somebody else's entity structure right so step out of your own way in terms of a compete clause i didn't realize the benefit of this until certain people would leave my practice maybe they got licensed as an intern or whatnot and we're going to talk about this in a moment some people would be under the assumption that because they were doing paperwork like progress notes and things like that. And we would have consultation and training meetings in which I would clearly be training them on things to operate their caseload ethically. Some people take that information and run. It's very similar to listening to a podcast or going to a one one hour webinar and saying, okay, today I'm a life coach. Or you listen to something I talk about with clinical supervision and then you say, okay, I'm ready to be a clinical supervisor. You know, like that is not, all that it takes. It's a lot more than that. It's a skill set that is built over time. Okay. So, with paperwork, look to see if there's a compete clause and go and read it and understand it. And then, if there's any caseload stipulations around can you take your clients with you? Can you not? Is there a buyout? You want to be able to go through your paperwork and see if that information exists. Number two is back office. I'm going to say aha moments for a lot of the therapists that are in our academies. And they would bring this up in our coaching program, Q&A calls, and we would actually talk about it because now we're able to have a dialogue about how is the private practice that you're in set up in terms of back office? And what is it that you need to learn in this private practice program? Because clearly you joined because you don't know all the things that that person set up to run this practice seamlessly and ethically. Okay, so you want to anticipate that even though you've worked behind the scenes, meaning you've done the intake, you've done the consultation, potentially you've done the progress note, you've done the treatment planning. You may have even clicked a button and submitted billing to the billing department or at least to the EHR, even though you've worked behind the scenes with a certain percentage of paperwork, because sometimes it feels like you're doing everything and you're not because I've ran a group practice. Remember that the company, the entity is not showing you everything. They're not telling you everything about how to actually operate a business. Because again, from the team member's perspective, you think that you're doing 99.9% of all of this stuff, unless you are. You know, and the person just sitting back watching you or something, right? And pulling like little strings like a puppet, which could happen, you know, they they get you in charge, but then I would say, okay, are you being compensated to do all those other administrative duties? Cause I had to have that conversation with a mastermind student before where she was in a private practice. And I was like, you know, if you're out here training new staff and all those things, you're doing HR duties. You're doing onboarding operation duties. Why aren't you getting paid for that? That's a no-go. And this person knows that you do it well. So low key, they're taking advantage of you. We have to have that conversation and she requested compensation like an administrative fee for doing these extra things and i get that however most therapists are not doing all of the things so you have to anticipate that the the business owner of the group practice is not and it's not their job to show you all the ropes about running a business because They want to keep their business afloat and you're part of the business structure. That's not a bad thing. Our economy runs when people have team members. If there were no team members, if you say, you know, I don't want to work for anybody. Okay, that's fine. But if you say, I don't want nobody else working for me, be mindful of how you show up as a team member, because odds are you're going to attract the same person working for you and your company. Okay. Okay. So um, unless you've maybe been like a clinical supervisor, you still don't know all the ins and outs of the back office. Um, What you're mainly responsible for is having and running your caseload and doing your quality assurance and ethical paperwork. But please note that does not automatically equal that you know how to run a profitable private practice. So it's just like someone getting confused I can be a clinical supervisor, therefore I can be a CEO. No, they're two different things. That's someone saying, I am a great therapist, therefore I can become a great clinical supervisor. Not necessarily, right? Those, those skill sets look differently. They may overlap in certain areas, but please note, when you run your own practice, there will be things that you realize were being done for you. That leads me into the final consideration Number three, which is marketing. I want you to take a step back, get out a pen and sheet of paper right now, actually, and think about all the things that what, from what you can see, this practice that you're working in has in place to get you clients. Let's just push aside paperwork. Let's just look at marketing. What do you know about that they have in place to get you clients? If you're on an online directory, how much does that cost per month? Who manages it? Or do they have you get your own and you have to list them as a supervisor if you're an intern? Maybe you pay for it. Okay, that's fine. But they helped you set it up. Are you on their website? Well, how much does it cost to host a website? Do you know how to write copy on your website? Do you know how to write SEO on your website? How are you pushing your website out to traffic? How are they pushing you out to traffic? Okay. Okay. You have to get paneled, for example, if it's on insurance panels, you have to get paneled as a provider. Now you may say, well, I'm already paneled, so it shouldn't be easy for me to get on on my own. It may be shorter because your paperwork is there, but who's to say that the panel was even accepting individual providers or providers at all? I've attempted in my past to get on panels in which they only were accepting groups, and then the groups had to have three or more therapists, which meant that you had to hire the three therapists before you even got paneled, okay? Um, You also have to market to find your own clients. So where are they positioning you to get your own clients? Did they even give you a photo shoot? You have to make a brand for your own name or for the name of your business. How are they doing that for you? How long have they been in the game? You have to set up your own processes, your own standard operating procedures. Even if you haven't hired anyone yet, you want to document your journey and your process because at some point, The goal is that you get some stuff off your plate, right? How do they onboard a new client? How much is the EHR system? How much is it to process claims? Do you know how to get credentialed? How much is it to process credit cards? You have to invest in systems to have a private practice, to get your private practice up and running. So like I said in the beginning, don't just get up and say, because I attended Dr. TK's boot camp. I can open up my own practice. Now, the latter is true, you can, but you wanna do it strategically. And one tip that I always give is if you have a nine to five or a part-time or a five to nine, you wanna keep it because you don't wanna put all your eggs in one basket before the other ship gets up and is running. Your ship of your private practice is not up and running at the level that you would like, even if you already got a part-time private practice on your own. And that will clearly be reflected in in the boot camp, whenever you're able to participate, because we're gonna do an assessment of the back office processes of what we believe is a profitable private practice. And we've served hundreds of therapists that they've been able to go through our processes build out their back office, which is an operating system so that they can eventually leverage their time and live abundantly. So let me know how you like this podcast episode. Um, it's been a while since I've asked for this, but if this is your first time, or maybe it's been a while, cause you can do more than one. Um, if you have not left me either recently or ever a review, I would so appreciate it. If you can leave me a five-star review on the platform that you're listening to this podcast on to let other therapists know that this podcast does exist for all things mental health business, private practice, uh, digital products and scalability for mental health providers, and also mindset and abundant living, uh, because it truly helps get the word out because I know that it's not a lot of people who do what I do how I do it uniquely. And I would so be appreciative if you can leave me a five-star review and also share this podcast with at least two therapists that you know. Now, if you are at the time of this recording at the end of February in our Telegram group, go and post your takeaway from this podcast episode. All right, until the next podcast episode, have a great and abundant day. Bye fire me up you just finished another epic episode of the therapists deserve abundance podcast now i know what you're thinking that flew by way too fast so if you want more please head down to the show notes for additional abundant resources and if you're looking for a new tribe of abundant therapists just like yourself to connect with connect with me on instagram at dr tk psych until the next episode live abundantly